This is the At 530 on Main podcast. I'm Sean Collins. And I'm Mike Davis. And we're here to discuss the convergence of digital and physical experiences in today's world. With Extend Group as an expert in designing online experiences and VPS Architecture, an expert on creating physical experiences, you will hear unique discussions on technology, theory, and more that merges our separate areas of expertise into one podcast experience. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoy today's At 530 on Main podcast episode. All right, we are in the extension studio at App 530 on Main. Uh, we are halfway through February already, almost. I don't even know how where January went, but it is amazing to be back in the podcast studio and have Nikki Rozier in here today. She is the president of First Bank. Good morning, Nikki. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Oh, wonderful. Mike, how are you doing over there? Good. Beautiful morning. It's getting warm. Beautiful morning. So we're gonna have to shave beards off here for spring. Beards come off. Yeah, I'm already. I'm still sweater. Uh, still sweater bound. A little hot already. Door closed. I was talking about how awesome and how temperature controlled this room was, but man, the uh, little overdressed this morning for uh, what sixty degrees today. Mm-hmm. It'll be a nice day. Yeah. Well, that's why you do the layers, right? You can shed them. And shed them. So I used to tell my kids. I love winter because you can put enough clothes on to try to get warm, but in the summer, like, you're there. You get to basically the swimming trunks or whatever, and you're done, right? Mm-hmm. Unless whatever that uh, whatever that looks like. So, all right. At 530 on Main is brought to you by VPS Architecture and Extend Group. We are at 530 on Main Street, Evansville, Indiana, and we just like to have a little conversation uh, around the word experience here. VPS Architecture is in the world, in the business of creating physical experiences, extend group, culture, and brand experiences, and, and how that begins from the middle and works out. So uh, we thought, what a great way to bring a conversation around that word experience, because that's really, at the end of the day, uh, what it's about. So um, today... As I said, we have Nikki Rozier, and she is from First Bank. Nikki is a 20-year veteran at First Bank, is a CPA, and earned her MBA from the University of Southern Indiana. Go Screaming Eagles. Also a Screaming Eagle. Can't say Screagle from what I understand. We'll talk about that later. (laughs) She started in 2002 as the company's internal auditor and has held management responsibilities in several areas. In March 2019, she was appointed the bank's sixth and first female president. And in 2022, she became the president and CEO. As a board member of the Farrell Hospital and... Pekin Insurance. There we go. See, I was going to flop it. Plus a member of the University of Southern Indiana uh, Counting Circle, Nikki enjoys putting her knowledge and experience to work in the community. She is most passionate about helping others grow uh, to their fullest potential, partnering with clients and watching their businesses thrive and prosper is a great joy to her. So, man, that is a lot. Sounds like it on paper, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So uh, that's a, a wonderful journey you've been on. Uh, just tell us a little bit about it, if you would. You know, just before we hit the record button, you are, you know, from Illinois, grew up on, you know, family farm there. Tell us some other stuff. 
Okay. So um, let's just start with my experience at USI. Yeah, let's I go think. do that. Um, I actually went to Belmont University my first year, transferred back here as a sophomore. Um, and just when we talk about experience, I think figuring out how to build networks is an important part of that experience. And so when I went to USI, I was a transfer student, decided that I probably needed to get involved because I, I hadn't been there from the start, connected with one of my professors who became a mentor and just really helped me along the way um, develop who I was and, and what I was going to become. Yeah. Um, so USI has been very instrumental in my journey, I feel like, because that's where I developed that network of people, especially in this market area. So I went to USI, graduated. At that point in time, accounting wasn't what it is today, where they're in need of, of people. And so found a job in El Dorado at Roundy's. Um, it was a grocery wholesaler. Worked there for a couple of years, decided that I needed more of a challenge. And when we talk about experience, that's really, you know, what mine's been built on. I'm just the type of person that needs challenge in my life. And so decided to go back uh, to USI and get my MBA. I did that while I was there. They allowed me to, I had an assistantship and so they allowed me to teach. Oh, so nice. I taught some accounting classes. Um, so that developed a whole new level of experience uh, being in front of uh, students and, and teaching them uh, the accounting curriculum. Finished up there, worked for a company downtown Evansville. It was a startup company. They did television production. And so I worked there for a year as the business manager doing all things, accounts receivable, accounts payable, collections, uh, human resources. Great, great experience before I went back to Roundy's mm -hmm. where I had started and then uh, accounting manager at that point in time and had my first child Decided I didn't want to be as far away from home and work as many hours as I was working. And the opportunity opened at the bank. So went in as internal audit and compliance. Wasn't exactly what I wanted to do, but at the time it was a good opportunity. And the bank had just acquired a couple of branches. And so they were, they were in a little bit of a growth mode. So I started as internal audit and compliance. And I told someone just the other day, Every two years, I, I was given more opportunity at the bank, and so it's allowed me to grow into this position. Fortunately for me, I got in at the right time, right, right time, right place, yeah. um, and was able to grow with the bank until the, the position I'm in now. So, awesome! It's been a great opportunity. So, talk a little bit about like community and what that means. And you talked about mentorship and like uh, when you're, when you go through that transition from one school and you have that mentor and, and you know, like you get connected there. Uh, how has that transitioned into where you're at today? That early knowledge of the, that was transferred there. So the mentor that I had at USI was very instrumental in my journey along the way. And so I don't forget that. And so when I came to the, and, and really when I came to First Bank, because we're a community bank, community is just at the core of what we do. Relationships are at the core of what we do. And so 
it was my experience at the bank, I think, that really helped me develop this passion that I have for not only the communities that we serve, but the clients that we serve, because primarily we deal with small business clients. Yeah. And I just see, because we, we have a farm, and so I understand the concepts of small business. But then I also, from an accounting side, I see what small businesses, you know, typically they're, they're people who are good at their profession, but maybe don't have time or even the skill set to do all of the business things that come along with it, the accounting, um, yeah. the legal aspects, the human resources, even the marketing. Um, and so I see that as an opportunity for us to really help them grow um, their business. And so from a community standpoint, that that's really what I focus on is how is it that we can help our clients grow and develop and then they give back to the community as well. And I feel like that's the way our, our bank, one of the ways that we can give back to communities through helping these small businesses to grow and thrive. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, I know that you live that mission through uh, multiple things. We partnered together on one piece for your first bank academy. And it's amazing all the resources that you do give your your partners, your partners or your members. Um, basically, you know, everything you would have webinars on accounting and all those things that you went through that that small business owner could struggle with as their financial partner, you're really stepping in and, and providing that in that apprenticeship to help, you know, help them get to the next level. That's our goal. Um, my passion is really strategy. I love to strategize with people. And so I feel like if I can take that to the businesses that are clients of ours, yeah. then maybe that can help them grow and develop because sometimes you don't see what you don't see. And so I can be an outsider looking in with a vast amount of knowledge. Just as a banker, we see a lot of different things. We connect with a lot of different people. Just you two, for instance, you know, we're familiar with what each of your organizations do. And so if I see a need that a client has, then then we try to connect them to people that we know in the community that might be able to help them. And so I feel like it grows a whole community, not just one business. It you know, yeah, we're, we're really a network. That was one thing that uh, we always talked about, even growing up and you see, oh, poor communities or rural communities or any of that. And it was always like money, money, money was a lot of people's focus. And it was like, I would always say, no, no, it's resources, resources, resources. The money will follow. If But the lack of resources, like you said, or just knowing what you don't know is so hard and to make those connections is very important. Absolutely. I see this all the time when I talk to small business owners and they just, they don't know where to go for those resources. And so as their financial partner, they trust us. And so we like to be connected to all these resources so that we know, okay, who might be a good fit for this client and not everyone fits. Yeah. And so we have lots of different partners that we try to make sure that was, those connections are good connections, but you're absolutely right. Um, utilize your resources. I tell people that all the time. Don't try to reinvent the wheel. Go out and utilize the resources that are available to you. And if your financial partner, whether it's First Bank or some other, uh, we we all have these networks that, that we should be connecting our clients to because at the end of the day, when when communities grow and develop, when small businesses within those communities grow and develop, 
everybody else benefits from it. So, um, and that's really where my passion's been mm-hmm. is just helping to to create that sense of you know opportunity and growth and development, not only for um, our clients but also you know as a female leader, I feel like I've had people along the way um, help open doors and opportunities for me because it's not always easy as a female to get in front of opportunities and leadership roles. And so I feel like I'm in a very unique position to do the same thing for women coming women or men coming along. Um, but women in particular, I take, uh, you know, the, the women in our organization who I see with just, you know, great potential um, to try to help them grow and develop because it is difficult as you go through those years of, you know, when your children are young and yes. trying to balance everything. And so we're sensitive to that to make sure that we give them the flexibility, but the opportunities at the same time. So I hear a lot of connector and pioneer and all that right there. I hear, a little, you know, as we go through, uh, you know, the personality, I hear strategy, I hear connector and like, there's these resources, don't recreate the will, get some guardian stuff. I know that your your team, as you said, is is very, very important to you. And, and I think we align around, you know, the culture is greater than strategy, right? You have to be, you know, healthy at home first or at the office first. Like, what are some ways that, I mean, I hear it from your staff, uh, you, you know, you really lean into them. What are some ways that you, you can really see it's tangible that our product is our people, and when they're healthy, our business thrives. Well, I think anytime you have a team that is that works well together, they collaborate well together. Your clients know it. All the people around them know that they're happy right. at work. Um, and so, I think yes, I definitely think culture is top of the top of the list. Um, and so, what was your question again? Just how that how that transitions out, you know, through the community and knowing that when those individuals, you know, that are happy in the office, you know, that resonates out. You know, it's really the best form of marketing, right? Mm-hmm. You know, if we if we do all the pretty billboards and we do all the things, and then people actually come in and that ex- that experience at the counter is like, oh, I just, how's it going? Oh, well, if you just only knew, right? Like, let me just tell you, you know, living the dream, right? Like what that, you know, that external, you know, chatter looks like when they come in and then they feel a different experience, man, it, it can really impact the overall experience for your customer. Right. And so we're very conscious about, and, and you and I talked before this podcast started, that I do a podcast yeah. for our internal employees just because I think it's important for them to understand where, where we're trying to take the organization. You know, I think oftentimes when people are unhappy at work, it's because they don't understand what's going on at the organization. And so I feel like it's important for us to communicate that to our employees, why are we doing what we're doing? You know, if there's changes, and in banking right now, there's yeah. change. Change is imminent. Uh, with COVID, you know, we, the digital experience, what we thought we would have 
five mm-hmm. to seven years to do happened overnight. Yeah. And so obviously the model is changing. And so I think it's important for our employees to understand why are we changing this model? That doesn't mean we want to get rid of people. And I think that's always the concern when when change comes along. Well, how's that going to affect me personally? Yeah. And so we've been very um, conscientious about making sure our employees know every step of the way, what is it that we're doing and why? And I think that makes a huge difference. The other thing that we're very focused on is figuring out what you as an individual want and need in from your employer. You know, what is it, how is it that you want to grow with this organization and how do we help you get there? Um, and what is it that you need to make life more balanced between work and, and family, home, whatever it is. And so we're very focused on, you know, coaching and developing people around around those concepts as well. Yeah. You know, it's interesting, yeah, because I think everybody, every business is going through that too, but especially the banking industry. And like you said, it had started, but now it's, it really got, everything got sped up, work from home, work remote, be flexible, all this got really sped up. So how do you maintain that physical connection with your consumer Right. When banking used to be this very much go to the bank in person, you saw this person because you always went at a certain time, like from a teller experience. There's something there that was intrinsic to the banking industry that since kind of started to disappear. Right. Right. Well, for community banking, it's all about relationships. And so we're continuing to, to figure out how to do that, how to build relationships, but still have this digital experience. And so um, that's something that is a delicate balance right now. And I, you know, I'm not going to say we have it all figured out, but we're trying to transition to where the client is. And so we're focusing on those digital channels, you know, kind of that omni-channel. Okay, are they, they coming through mobile? Are they coming through online? Are they coming through the call center, chat? Or are they in person? Because we still have a mix of everything. And so we're trying to educate our employees to be able to answer questions and you know, for the client wherever they're at. Yeah. But relationships still important, obviously for community banking especially because again those clients when they they're fine to use digital mm-hmm. until they need a banker. Right. And so we try to we try to combine the two. Our chat, for instance, uh, the and and we go through a vendor, our our core banking vendor, but. The backside of the chat is it functions on artificial intelligence. But when we have someone answering the chat, it's not a chat bot. It's an individual. And so that's what I think is important for community banking. We can't just throw artificial intelligence at everything because people who are dealing with community banks still want that relationship. So it's figuring out that, again, that balance. Um, and it's it's a work in progress. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's just been as as we continue to talk about on on this it's it's been fast forwarded like exponentially right i mean as even as you talk about ai and the impact it will have in future just in the last three months alone from this podcast like the entire world keeps talking about ai and oh my goodness it can illustrate it can program it can do all these things but 
I keep telling my team, yes, we are going to utilize that. We're going to lean into it wholeheartedly because it's going to do a lot of great research for us. It's going to do a lot of foundational building, but we still have to build the personality of what that looks like. And it's that communication. Everybody hears me say this all the time. Communication that builds relationship where there is a trust of what we need to accomplish together. Because without those three things, execution and capacity will always fall. There just needs to be that relationship that people know who I am as a person. They know what's going on in my life. And, you know, they know to turn it on or dial it back because we're having that. And as, as you went through your career, Nikki, like when I always talk about how through we've built a lot of beautiful rocket ships, unfortunately, that people don't know how to fly like you get in and you're a programmer and you want to build a mobile app and you're like oh yeah and i'm going to have you know at ten dollars a month i'm going to have a hundred you know a hundred thousand people and oh look at the millions that are going to roll in but then you start to go okay i built that i designed that so as you've been throughout your career if you would talk a little bit about how maybe have you seen it where individuals come in and they're like i built this company and and i did it because i wanted to make the pies but now I have to manage people. Mm-hmm. How does that happen? What do I do here? Why don't they just do what I want? Mm-hmm. Oh, we see that all the time. And, you know, it's it's difficult to be an entrepreneur. And it's hard to be a successful entrepreneur. And so that's one of the things that, that we're trying to do at the bank through that relationship is to sit down with the clients and, and help them work through these issues because if you just want to make the pies, okay, that's great. That's where your passion's at. Yeah. But you're going to have, you know, record keeping that you have to do. You're going to have employees that you have to take on. Here are some of those things that you need to be thinking about in your future that you're going that you're going to deal with. And yeah. so while your passion may be making the pies, if you're going to own the business, then all of these other things come with it. And so I can't tell you how many times I talk to clients and say, you have to start working on your business and not just in your business. And so I feel like that's what we bring to our clients as a community bank um, with all this, you know, knowledge that we have around these topics. Because again, they've got the passion for whatever it is they started the, the company for, not all of these other things. And so we try to go in and help them build the rest of that, help them work on their business rather than just in their business. I just love that you have a podcast that's dedicated to communicating with your staff on where, you know, what changes, you know, what, you know, you're giving them all the support, right? You're telling them all the things that are going right and what the future looks like and the steps that are going to be taken there. And you're using, you know, multiple pieces of technology to make that happen. I mean, I'm sure you still have the, you know, ask me the questions, send me the emails, like here's my, but the ability to just communicate and, and use tech to get that out to say, hey, you know, change is imminent right? We've, we've fast forwarded, we've accelerated, but now you're able to go in and, and you had the vision to put that out there because a lot of, a lot of small business owners, uh, even like myself, my vision for this company changes on a daily basis. But if I don't communicate that, and I mean, even at your level, as, as you're expanding and growing, you know, where we're going to go next market, 
segments where, you know, what's that specialty going to look like? Your ability to communicate that and cast that vision is, is I want to commend you on that. That's, that's great. It's just like our world and the speed of change. Everybody yeah. thinks <clears throat> things changing, but there's still basis. There's still foundation, right? You still design building the same. You still think through the design process the same that Frank Lloyd Wright did and everything like that. It's just you're using different tools. And I think a lot of times people confuse the tools with the process or the tools. Like it's online banking. Yeah, but it's still about relationships. It's still yeah. about the, the trust factor, right? One of the things that, that I tell our employees frequently is, you know, we're still bankers. We're still going to take care of the client because that, that relationship is at the core of everything we do. That community's at the core. The employees are at the core, all of our stakeholders. Um, but what we're trying to do in banking is move from being transactional, which has historically been what banks, you know, the, the teller line is yeah. a very transactional um, process. We're moving from transactional to transformational. And so who at when someone walks into the bank, I want them, that first person they talk to, to be able to handle whatever it is they're coming in for. Because today, if you're coming into a branch, you have a real need. It's not just to make a transaction. It's for something beyond that. And so yeah. that's where, you know, part of the podcast is to continue to just give them this kind of feedback to say, here's what we're trying to do. Here's what we're trying to accomplish and educate them as well, because we've not trained them on that. We've trained them to be transactional. And so now we've got to change and train them on the transformational piece mm -hmm. of it. And so it's just, you know, it's it's an effort that we just continue to to work on. But but you're absolutely right. That relationship's still at the core. We just have different tools that we can use now. And so it's educating people on okay. how to use those tools. And, and you know, technology's a great thing. I love AI. I love all this technology that we have because it gives us more resources to utilize to be able to say, okay, now we know all of this about the client. Let's dig in and really figure out how we can help them. And so rather than spending all that time pulling all the information in, we have it at our fingertips so that we can spend all this time really focusing on how do we transform things for that, for that business. And so that's what's exciting. Um, and, you know, I think about my journey and where I've been and the experiences that I've had and where I'm at today, I love my job because this is what I get to do. I not only get to help businesses transform, I get to help individuals in the organization really grow and develop. And so that's exciting for me to do on a daily basis. So how do you give them enough, like back to the AI and just the future and the fast forward and how things are going to be, how do you continue to lean into them with enough support going you know, because we have a lot of people that are relationship driven. We have a lot of people who are sister systems and processes, tried and true, don't change. You know, we're not broke. If it's not broken, don't fix it. How do you assure them that this next phase and this next transition is good for them and it's not going to cost them their jobs? Well, I think it's trust. Yeah. A lot of it's trust. And, you know, that goes with culture. And I think this communication that we give yeah. to them um, on an ongoing basis helps with that. We continue to, to talk about what this change is doing and how your position is going to evolve with this. And I think that's critical. You know, one of the things that when we first started talking about moving from transactional to transformational, those people that worked at the teller line, 
were fearful. Well, what's that going to mean for me? Because if people aren't coming into the branch anymore, and I said, look, we've still got clients and they're still going to be calling in. They're going to be, you know, using the chat function, using our technology, and we need people to be there for customer service. So your job doesn't go away. It just changes. It moves to where the clients are at. And if they're not in the branch, they're still somewhere because we still have the same number of clients who need things on a daily basis. And so just really walking through that whole process with them on what this is going to look like in the future and how you fit into that picture. But I think it was critical to do that from the very start because the last thing we wanted were for people to just be walking around fearful that, you know, my job's going to go away. So we just, we talked about that right up front because I I never want anyone to, to be, you know, fearful of anything that's going on at work. That should be a a good, safe place to come and just be able to collaborate and grow and develop and, and help move our clients forward. So, so uh, last business question around, you know, the industry before we get into some of our normal questions here. As, as you look at it, you know, and coming out of COVID, like there was this shift, right? There was the great resignation and now we're on the quiet quit and all those other things. But when you see like, the way in which the workplace culture has shifted and and you think about, you know, back in, you know, Mike and I, and I'm sure you as well, like 12 hours, you know, there was days we'd work 10, 12 hours and just go, go, go. And we were, you know, we were super productive all the way through or what we thought was super. How do you start to look at with that AI coming on and, in you know advanced manufacturing and all that the president or not the president the founder of alibaba said in the next like he sees in the next five to ten years maybe maybe a four to six hour work week if we're really really productive do you see that like not not like in the very near future but can you see where work-life balance shifted that much Uh, that sounds a little extreme to me um, I can see where work-life balance is, is already shifting, though, yeah. because I do remember when I worked 80 hours a week and I thought I had work-life balance, yeah, <laughs> you right. know, and, and now, um, you know, I see people being able to work 40, some, sometimes 50, depending on the busy season, but, and they feel like that's, that's work-life balance. Do I think that'll be less than that? Probably. But I think that the key is going to be the development of this technology and, how we develop those relationships and what Mm -hmm. we do with that time that we're on the job. So, but I think four to six hours a week is, especially in banking, I I don't see it ever being um, that low just because I think, you know, now what I do think is going to happen is that, um, you know, you may see some efficiencies within these organizations. So maybe you don't have as many people, yeah. working to de- to develop these relationships because AI does replace um, some of these these positions yeah. um, in some of these organizations. But All right. So we've talked a lot about relationships, communication, and how that really builds an overall personal and professional and business brand, really. So what does the word experience mean to you? So experience to me, you know, when I talk to whether it's someone who's got a lot of experience, someone my age or someone just maybe a college graduate or in college even, experience to me is 
what, what has life, you know, what, what have you experienced in life? Mm -hmm. Because I think regardless of your age, because sometimes I think people correlate experience with age and I don't necessarily think that's true. I think experiences, what have you had to overcome in life? You know, what have been the challenges and how did you overcome those? Because I think that's what develops experience. I was asked one time, what would be one thing throughout my career that I would change? And I said, nothing, because everything that you go through creates your experience. And so Mm -hmm. leads you to where you are today. And so I think it's all important. Um, So I, I guess I would just say, what challenges have you had or what you know, opportunities have been presented to you and what have you done with those? Right. I was going to say, I sum it up as growth. <laughs> like when people say, oh, I've been doing this X amount of years. And it's like, yeah, but you're still 20 years ago trying to do it that way. Right. You haven't grown. Right. You haven't changed. You haven't over. So are you not overcoming the obstacle before you is that you've got to keep up mm-hmm. with even if they're younger or the technology or whatever it is. Um, once you stop growing, you stop developing, you stop, and then it becomes your experience stops. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, some of the people on our team, some of the younger members on our team, you know, I love to collaborate with them because they have all these great ideas or, or they've seen things or they've experienced things that, that I haven't. And so I feel like I can learn from them even so. So I would, I would agree with you on growth. So I guess that's that's what I think of when I think of experience. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, the, the, the image that comes to my mind is that most people think, you know, being an entrepreneur or small business owner or even a, a large, you know, corporate business owner, it's just a straight rocket ship to the top. But at the end, it really kind of is spaghetti, right? And we go through all these little loops and crannies and, you know, that worked or that didn't work. But as long as you're growing out of that and learning from that, uh, yeah, we're, and it doesn't stop you in your tracks, right? It's only failure if you quit. Right. And, and you know, failure is a good thing. I, I always look at, you know, if we're looking at new hires, okay, what kind of things have you failed at? Mm-hmm. And how did you recover? from that because I think failure is important because it builds it builds who you are. So Yeah. Do you have that on your questionnaire? Mm-hmm. Your employee questionnaire? What's one thing that you failed at and what did you learn? I want to put that on ours. That usually comes through in our industry pretty yeah. Pretty easy through questions. Yeah, you can figure out who who has an understanding of the the process and how building goes together? Because the first thing you talk about is, here's what I missed, and it was a big crap show, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I even think about COVID though, and for me in the financial industry, you know, what an experience that was. That I hope we don't see in yeah. the near future, but but we learned a lot. Um, you learned a lot about business through COVID because. You looked at the businesses that that made that pivot, that survived, that figured out, okay, how do I continue my business when I don't have people coming into my facility anymore? Right. You know, how do I change that? And so, um, yeah, I I think that's all important. So one thing that I have seen, and one of the things that we talk about is the challenges of leadership in in the digital age right and the ability to now for everyone like even as covid was there right we 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 found out what zoom was really 
really quickly. Like there was WebEx and all these other things, but Zoom did a really good job of throwing like right there. And, and I can meet with my client anytime and, you know, extending my cell phone uh, number to text message or we can just FaceTime or whatever it is. And having that access to you as an individual, you know, it's a business relationship. But how do you as we go in and look at the challenges of leading in a digital age, how do you try to maintain that work-life balance and as, as you go forward? Because it's only going to go faster, right? Now we have, you know, as you said, you're utilizing chatbots and we have, you know, Facebook Messenger and, you know, you have groups and then you have, I mean, we have Slack and we have Teams. And we ha- is it going to go faster? Yeah. I think you just brought it up. I think it's going to go backwards. I think it's going to start going backwards to where you have – four days, maybe it's six hours, and then you're going to take your cell phone, you're going to take whatever, and you're going to put it in this box, and you're going to spend that time more with family and friends and, right, outside of work. But that's just me. I think one of the things with the digital age and how you lead people, I think some of that may go backwards a little bit because the one thing I think companies have found, it's it's hard to collaborate with people on teams. I mean, teams yeah. meetings are great, but I don't think anyone has the same level of focus that they have when you're face to face. And so I think some of that will go back to how it was, but it may, to your point, might be different because it may be that you have, okay, you can work from home or digitally right. two to three days a week, but then be in person the other two to three days. And so that makes for a more collaborative experience. And I think as businesses grow, we're, we're going to have to focus on collaboration because I think that's going to be, you know, instrumental in our success in the future. It's being able to pull from one another and figure out, okay, what's the, what's the next thing that we're going to do? Um, how are we going to, to transform <laughs> this piece from being, you know, in-person, face-to-face to, to digital? Yeah. No, as you're talking about that and talking about connecting, you know, with the team on a Zoom meeting and all that, the image that just continuously pops up in my head is the the influencer who was, you know, he's pretty famous now for being the green screen guy where his team is meeting, but he might be at a football game. And he's got the big green screen behind his back and he has he like crafted a backpack that puts the laptop there and and it looks like he's sitting in his house and he mutes it all the time you know there's the extreme right of i'm totally disconnected and and i'm going to be able to have this work-life experience i just it just made me chuckle a little bit to hear the 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 connection there between being able to connect on a, a team's meeting and then what the far other side when the employees have went over here and said, you know what? Yeah, if we're going to do this, I'm going to be able to like, I'm going to be able to multitask a little bit. You know, part of that I think is going to depend on um, really who your employees are. Yeah. Because, you know, the, the next generation of employees, they want a sense of belonging, you know, and they're the, they're this generation that's grown up with cell phones, uh, social media. That's how they communicate with one another Snapchat, Um, but they actually want a sense of belonging. And so I think that's going to change how we move forward as organizations and what we do with our employees going forward. So I think you're going to have to, I think we're all going to have to figure out how do we 
you know, combine those two things? How do we bring them in and give them that feeling of belonging, but yet give them the flexibility to, to work from home, to work fewer hours? Um, and so it's, it's going to be, it's going to be a big mm-hmm. shift. And depending on industries, you know, banking is very traditional until COVID. We didn't really have a lot of forward movement. We are moving mm-hmm. now, lots of change. We've still got a long way to go. Some other industries are, you know, uh, better about that. They're more forward, forward looking than what, than what some of the traditional industries are. So everybody on here will tell you, I'm a big fan of, of Gary V where he started and, and where he's at today. Um, I, delivery is a lot different. Do you, do you know who I'm talking about? All right. Yeah. So I'll, I'll share his, uh, podcast and everything with you, but he actually says that as a business owner, the employees don't work for you. You work for the employee. What What's your thoughts around that? I think to some extent I would agree with that. Yeah. Um, I think you have to be careful with that sentiment because I think you have to remember, okay, we're, we're working for us, for yeah. the bank, we're working for the shareholders. shareholders. Yeah. And so, you know, there's a lot of stakeholders that you really yeah. have to, to take into account. So I think, you know, they're equal. So for us, it's the employees, it's the community, it's the client, and it's the, the shareholder. Yeah. Uh, and so you have to balance all of them. But, but I think to some extent, in today's world, the employees are telling you what they want. And if you want to keep them, then you listen yeah. to what they're telling you. I'm not saying that, that we always say, okay, if that's what you want, that's, that's what we'll do. But you do have to listen and keep an open mind, I think, because I think if you don't, it's going to be difficult to, to continue and to, to grow your organization because to grow your organization, you have to have the right people on the team. And I want people on our team who are driven, who are motivated, who are, you know, forward thinkers, big thinkers, um, because I think that's what it's going to take for our for our organization to move into the future. And so that's what I'm really looking for. So why wouldn't I encourage my employees to, to give me feedback and, and tell me what, what works best for that's them? That's amazing. Yeah, it's always scalable, right? Because yeah. that was the whole trend with Google. And, mm-hmm. and then everyone figures out, oh, well, they really did that because so the people would stay there and get more work done and work all weekend. And mm-hmm. so they have those resources. But it's not scalable to a small business. When people tried to do that, it was like, they're not happy. They're not, you know, they're not having fun. It's like, well, because it's a small business, everyone knows it's not about necessarily having fun. It was more about just the experience at work and the collaboration that can be done. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, I tell our small businesses that because, you know, I think about restaurants. You can't work from home and work yeah. in a restaurant. <laughs> and so one of the things that we talk about with clients is create that experience, give them opportunities for growth, really help them feel like they're part of a team because that's the one thing small businesses have that large organizations typically yeah. don't. You know, even in a small community bank, I look at our people and think, okay, these people are bankers. They understand from you know, when a client walks into the door through the lending process all the way through, they understand what what that transaction goes through. In a large bank, you're you're in a, a silo almost. And so I feel like if you're someone that really loves the full experience and you want to feel like you're you're part of the whole process, small organizations are, are a great place to be. 
And so I think that's going to look a little different than, than what larger organizations like a Google, they can mm-hmm. do things differently than, than a small um, startup business. Yeah. Same in our world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We, we're, we're smaller. So you get the full experience and go to some of these larger firms, you might only be doing windows. Mm-hmm. That's all you do. It's window detailing. But doesn't like, it make uh, you feel like you're, you're more versatile? Oh yeah. In definitely. your experience you're level. Smaller firms, but you know, we always tell people if you want to go from the A to Z in the whole process and understand it, then you want to go to a smaller firm mm-hmm. for sure. Absolutely. So. Well, I'm going to borrow one of Mike's questions because I, I'm intrigued at the banking experience in general, like as digital has come on and all that. But where do you see, like, how do you, how does the physical experience shape how your brand is perceived today. I see a lot of, of transformation in the way the bank used to look in the way it is today. Mm-hmm. So physically, I, I think the physical experience was again, centered around relationship. And I think that's what our, we're trying to make sure our digital experience feels the same. Yeah. That's where the challenge is at. I think for community banking is making sure that, it aligns with what that physical experience felt like. And so that's how we're trying to transform that digital piece is to make sure that we maintain that relationship at the core of it. And so how do you do that? Through chat. Our chat is not a chat bot. It's an individual chatting back with you. Um, And so those are the things that, that we're looking at as we, as we transform into the more digital. However, you know, we try to still focus on that personal relationship getting and maybe you don't come to the bank anymore but we we come out to you you know we've got technology when i started in the bank 20 years ago i could have never worked from home because the security you know because banks are very um um tight on security computer cyber security and so we couldn't have worked from home but today we can take our laptops and go to the client and so i think that's Part of it, okay, we're not going to do it all online, but you don't have to come to the bank. We can come out. You can sign documents electronically. Um, so to really just move that personal relationship into that digital world. Now, with the physical spaces, I've seen other brands and everything start to transform to more of the, you know, we have shared spaces and, you know, there's other, you know, delivery brands inside like Starbucks and like you get that you know, overall collaborative, internal, instant, like this is a, a go-to place, right? So I could be at my bank and, you know, I can still check in online, but I can use the Wi-Fi. I can gain some access. Do you see the, see the physical piece of this, like the branches transforming at all? I think for a community bank, it looks a little bit different than a larger bank because yeah. larger banks have more of that consumer uh, piece of business and community banks are more focused on the commercial yeah. or the, the small businesses. So yes, I see our branches transforming to more collaborative space for business owners to come in and have those strategy sessions yeah. with their banker to, to talk about, okay, what do we need to be doing? And, you know, I've got this issue with HR, what's your recommendations, you know, and, and utilize that space and that time to really, you know, help them develop their network or, or figure out who their resources are, bring the resources in even um, to help make those connections. And so that's what I see transforming inside 
our facilities. Yeah. I think we'll continue to have uh, physical facilities. You know, I think some larger uh, institutions have, you know, closed. Yeah, we're just going to go mobile app. <laughs> they, they've closed several branches yeah. because you do have that digital, and I think that's extremely important for all of us. But at the same time, I think some physical locations are important, especially when you're dealing with small business owners. So. Great. <laughs> I like the chat. What, what what question did you steal? I the, stole the the, uh, the one that says, "How do you physically connect?" Oh with yeah, because yeah. we're talking a lot about we're talking like, a lot about people. Something yeah. yeah, every day that's designed really well because you know whether it's as a bank or um, as a consumer yourself. So Sean and I talked a little bit about this before uh, before the podcast, and I said if I had to pick one thing, it would probably you know, when I first thought about that, it was my iPhone because it just keeps me, it has my calendar on it. It's got my email on it. Um, my Apple watch. I, I love that because it keeps me in check with yeah. what's my movement been and, and all of those things. Um, from a, from a business standpoint or a consumer standpoint, aside from that, but it kind of goes back to my iPhone is the app, my mm -hmm. banking app. The other thing, um, podcasts, you know, I love the, the podcast app. So those are the things that if you ask me what I use on a daily basis, that would be it. Yeah, that's an interesting. I like that whole digital experience. How do you make that digital experience a personal experience? That's interesting. Yeah. It could be. I mean, it's a challenge because usually I think right now you got so many people that have grown up the web or have used it a lot. And then it's like, I'm always doing the same thing. If I go there and I have to stumble around to find stuff, I'm out. It's got to be easy. Yeah, It's got to be user-friendly and it's got to be easy. And that's one of the things that we've said. It's difficult as a community bank is to be as nimble on um, some of the technology mm -hmm. because the larger organizations have in-house and we're having to depend on vendors to do it, but really yeah. figuring out, okay, how do we, how do we get that, that app that's that's user friendly right. because you don't want anything. You know that's why our chat is so easy. You just message and then a person picks it up, and it's not like you have to go through it two or three times because the chat bot doesn't right. understand what you're asking. Yeah. Um, so I do love that part of it, but just trying to figure that out. You're right. It's it's a challenge, but I like challenge, so that's a good thing. <laughs> One more. Oh. As a space, yeah. I think the spatial question is always coming up. And as a someone who's been around, and what what's a space that, that makes you emotional, just from a physical space? We're we're talking a lot about the digital, but where have you been? And all your it, yeah. travels, like, is there a place that you're just like, I feel it? You know, I can't think of one in particular, but I will say, I think. So, because I just, I like strategy and collaboration, and I really like to just think. Um, and college campuses have always been that space for me. I love to be, my daughter's a junior in college, and I love to go visit her mm -hmm. and just go sit on campus somewhere and just take my computer and, and think. Mm -hmm. it's, because I think it really, they build those spaces for that purpose. Yeah. And so... That, to me, is one that, that just drives that. Yeah, that was one of those experiences I thought about, too. And on, in college, was it like I went there and I always wanted to learn. And, mm -hmm. and, you want, and, there, and then here you are in the middle of this 
can go anywhere, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, the opportunity that's there, the growth, the just all of those those things. Those are the feelings, the yeah. emotions that that brings up in me when I'm when I step onto a college campus. So, so you said that you're a, a big fan of podcasts. What's what's on your uh, what's in your library right now? What's what's your favorites? Well, a lot of banking okay. podcasts. Um, I John Maxwell leadership podcasts. Yeah. I've been on on those um, recently, and so I, I like those. Um, also, listening to a Bible podcast that's been really good from you know meditation yeah. uh, standpoint. I think keeping your your center balanced, um, but most of them are are banking related because I like to stay on top of what's going on in the world of banking. I can honestly say I've never heard of a banking podcast. Oh, there are lots of Not that of there, I'm sure there yeah. is like cooking and everything else. But like, I'm not one. I, I tend to focus on, you know, business podcasts or growth yeah. podcasts. Not, I'm not much on, you know, uh, just fun. Sometimes those, those are good, but I, I really like to, if I'm going to be listening to one, I want to. I, I want to make it efficient. Well, yeah. Yeah. Creative connector pioneer in what I'm hearing. <laughs> love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. So, Obviously, I listen to your podcast. Though. You do? I do. I listen to What was it. your favorite one? Well, do you have one? I actually, I listened to the one about the coffee shop. Yeah. The coffee yeah, yeah, yeah. Nate, Nate down here. That was a good one. Yeah. Um, last night, I hadn't listened to the one on Plank Nutrition, and I yeah. listened to that one. So, but I, the the coffee is the one that stands out because I didn't know a, about that company, and then I started to ask around after I listened to the podcast. Right next so. door, yeah, big roaster and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, another similar one was Harper Guitars. He was yeah. one of our early ones. If you okay, I haven't listened yeah. to that one. Maybe I'll do that. Builds, on builds guitars. Uh, is he in Boonville? Boonville. Boonville. Work County has yeah. a shop, but he's got a. A lot of famous musicians on, uh, mostly in the country world, on tour, playing in Nashville and stuff. All right, so, great. It, it. pretty cool from a business mm-hmm. standpoint. He just built it himself, and but I like it. I like yours because it talks. You know, you have some local people on there, and you're talking about their experience, and yeah. I just always love to hear because it helps me kind of build that knowledge base too. And I think about people's experiences, what drives mm-hmm. them there. So when you're talking to to clients that you, you think about, okay, let's, let's figure out what that looks like, because that really tells you a lot about that person and how they operate. So. Absolutely. So last question, what product brand person who has the, who's doing the brand experience right today? Like whether it be a person or a brand who has the most authentic brand experience. Hmm. Who do you like? I heard John Maxwell in there. Like, what's some other? Who's doing it right? You know, I, I'm big on nutrition and exercise, and so I follow the faster way to fat loss. Okay, <laughs> Amanda Tress. I don't use the program, but I follow her just because her her business model intrigues me because she uses individuals through social media to build this nutrition and health platform. Um, And she just does a great job. She brands everything from start to finish. So I would say her right now, Spanx has always been something that's just been very intriguing to me because I always admired Sarah Blakely that she started this company, didn't get outside financing, owned the thing until she just recently sold it. Women 
woman, you know, yeah. owned. And so that, that was intriguing to me as well. And so I, I like their brand as well, because I think they really stay true to their core. I think about it. I, I have at least 10 in the lineup on business brand, whatever. And Spanx has been on every one of them, mm-hmm. just about her whole story. So yeah, if you as a listener haven't looked into that uh, brand, I, I highly recommend that one as well. Mm-hmm. So, all right, Mike has pulled out the pod decks over there interview uh (laughs) social media delivers right so i was scrolling one day and podcasts are always in my social feed and there was an advertisement and it took me about 12 times to scroll past it and then finally i clicked on it and then all right i looked at it and then finally i put it in the cart and then i finally went back and and bought the whole package but it's it's interesting these questions are random and if you wanted to have a podcast you could go through and just use use it it's like a deck of cards so the random nobody gets asked the same question twice we're anymore try something different we're gonna try just just cutting the deck and seeing what cards on bottom instead of feigning it out maybe all right make it a little bit a little bit different what is your most treasured possession oh. <laughs> hmm <laughs> Well, if we're talking about physical, hmm. yeah, it's a tough one. I would say my most treasured possession are my children. Uh, yeah, from, from that standpoint, but an actual physical possession, well, I really don't know that I have one. I'm not really. Things don't really yeah. <laughs> drive me necessarily. So I was going to um, say probably yeah we're probably older if i was younger i probably had a bunch of things but being older it's definitely family yeah family and just you know health yes i I think that's something that i I really treasure right now you know your your family your health your your mind your ability to continue to to grow um really know that i'd call it a possession but so yeah I'm right there with you. I'm looking at it going physical treasure. No. And I, I love what you said, Mike, that as we become experienced, all those things that maybe we once worked for, the car, the house, the, it really starts to come back to connection and people and trust. And Yeah. I, I, then I, I mean, if we were really talking about possession, I'd probably say house, home. You know, having this conversation with my son, hey, we could live wherever that we make it the home. But from a physical standpoint, the house we have currently, because it is our home, you know, probably. I'd go there. It's on my finger, you know. Uh, Melissa's changed my life in many, many, many ways. And we've invested probably in this thing. But without it, it, you know, we're still you know, husband and wife and all those things. But this has went through all the ups and downs. And it was at the beginning when we first started. You know, I can remember like when we were going to Puerto Vallarta, it was either it's Mardi Gras week, right? Like we were, I had the opportunity to go to Mardi Gras with my friends or I was, I said, no, 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 no. Um, Melissa, let's go to Puerto Vallarta. And I knew I wanted to ask her to marry me. And I went and to my jeweler and had him, actually make a ring that she actually did jewelry design and at usi and i had one of her her pieces and i said something that looks like this and danny uh at brinkers had crafted it and i tried to sneak this thing down like it was in my pocket right here it was in the coin pocket (laughs) as i go through the airport 
and all these things. And like for the first two days, we're at this all-inclusive. And I'm just like, I'm a nervous wreck. And she can basically tell, you know. But we uh, went through that. And then we said, I kept going, okay, well, we can go do this. And we can go scuba dive. And then I could do the miracle reveal or whatever is, look what I found. Had to be something big. Had to be something big. And then eventually we couldn't. So we went to a cruise to an island where they made you dinner. And we went out to a hammock. It was dark, you know, all the stars in the sky and laying on a hammock. And I, I, I was fumbling around once again in my pocket and all those things. She's like, what are you doing? And I said, well, I've been carrying this around and I want to know, uh, you know, I didn't get out. I didn't get out of the hammock and I didn't kneel. And I didn't. Ask, but I said, will you marry me right there? And she said, yes. But uh, I would say if there was a treasured thing, this, it's been through. It was a whole new journey for me. Changed my life. Mm-hmm. So. My wedding ring. That's pretty good. Yeah, that's a good one. I was going to say, my experience with us, we got married and we went on, uh, I don't know how this happened, but we went on our honeymoon and then uh, they sized my ring too small. So for the whole week, I couldn't wear it on my honeymoon. I had to wait till I got home and they had to stretch it. So that was my only experience with yes. with rings. Yeah. Those are all good. I just, you know, I, I think for me, it's it's more about those. You have, I mean, we talked about experiences a yeah. lot in this podcast, and it's the experiences. So the physical possessions really don't, yeah. don't, they're not the things that that stand out for me. It's the experiences and and what you've built along the way. So um, whether you have the physical or not, those are still there. Yeah. So awesome. Well, we are over an hour. See how quickly that goes. Well, one hour three. But are you going to ask what? Next year, looking forward to. Oh yeah, is there anything? uh, That's the last question. Is there anything that you're looking forward to in 2023? Like, what's the one thing you're looking forward to experiencing? Hmm. You know, for me, um, last year was was a big year. I I became CEO of the organization, turned 50. I'd been at the bank for 20 years, so it was a big year for me. And so when I sat back and reflected, what do I want to do? in 2023, it was, I want to connect more with clients because Mm -hmm. I feel like there's just more that I can give to the clients to help them develop. I want to connect more with our employees and help them grow and develop. Um, And then I want to focus more on technology and that digital experience for the bank. And so if I had to say, those are the three things as far as, you know, my work life yeah. goes those are the things that i'm looking forward to in in 2023 amazing so last question how do our podcast listeners connect with you uh, they can go to first bank to the website to my bank and connect with us through there all right well we thank you so much for joining us on at 530 on main mike any uh, one last question anything you want to no, thank right you. Right there, thank top you of mind. Here. It was thank you. Enjoyable. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Thank you so much. Once again, listeners, this is at 530 on Main. You know that. Uh, we're on as many streaming channels as, as 
as possible today that I think the team has really researched and looked at. But if there's one that we've missed, you can go to uh, extendgroup.com. And then at the bottom of the page, there's a big icon. If you go to VPS Architecture, there's the same thing. Uh, you can go and suggest anyone in the community to come in and have this conversation that we're having with Nikki today. You can rate us. Please share it with whoever you uh, have out there in the community that needs to hear this content. Uh, if we change one life and, and get one person pointed in the right direction, uh, everybody always asks, what's it cost you to do that? And I said, I don't, I don't even I don't count the cost. I said, I've already received enough you know, text messages and, and emails saying, hey, that conversation you had there. You can't put a number on that. So thank you to everyone who sends that feedback in and recommends it to one more person because with intentional multiplication, we all grow. So once again, this is at 530 on Main brought to you by VPS Architecture and Extend Group. Until next time. Thanks again for tuning into this episode of at 530 on Main hosted by Sean Collins and Mike Davis. Please leave us a review and share your thoughts on today's episode. Let us know how you've been inspired or what you would like to hear on future episodes. And if you've enjoyed the conversation, help us spread the word. Share us on your social channels. Message a friend. Rate the podcast. Without you, this experience would not be possible.